Hello and welcome to Beyond the Lens. It's our second episode. We're back at it. We had a little bit of a break, but uh, we're back here. And I think today we are talking about some new cameras that are coming out. Yeah, it's pretty exciting cameras coming out. Um, well, the D850 was one of them. Uh, the Sony A9 and the Panasonic G9. Yeah. So yeah, pretty interesting cameras. Uh, definitely takes up you know the game to the next level with these cameras. Um, pretty well around. What do you think about them? Um, I'm not sold on any of them. I mean, the uh, Panasonic G9 was just released today, so a lot of the, the, the figures and all that came out. I mean, it's a micro four-thirds sensor again. Uh, it's very. It's actually the same sensor, I guess, that they use in the G5, which has been out for about a year now. Oh, GH5. Yeah, so, um, I mean, it's going to be comparable, and basically what Panasonic is saying is that they have tuned the sensor more towards doing still photography yeah I'm, I'm not sold on that still still photography I'm, i'll still stick with full frame that's for sure yeah yeah and, and i mean that's that's the big thing and i mean when, when people are looking at it they're, they're talking about doing wildlife and all that kind of stuff i mean it will still mainly be sort of an outdoor camera i mean it talked about uh they they had a segment where they had a wildlife photographer take it out and take some stills and he and he took some beautiful stills with the the camera don't get me wrong and uh, I mean, when we're talking from a strictly technical viewpoint, I mean, cameras, the, there are, you know, certain differences that you come about. But I mean, from a from a standpoint on the other end, which a lot of people get themselves in trouble with is there's sort of that gear lust. Everybody wants sort of the latest, greatest camera, you know, they're pixel peeping, they're doing all these kind of weird and wonderful things and they're not looking Ooh. at the end results. I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that you can take a lot of cameras you know, and not full frame cameras and not even the top of the line cameras. And you can take some pretty awesome photographs if you know what you're doing and go about it in the right way. Well, so. the, the way I look at gear is that um, know your gear, know your limitations, yeah. right? I mean, um, I myself have a Micro Four Thirds and I love mine. Yeah. Just for travels and stuff, it's, it's nice and small for family photos and stuff. Why would I need anything extra than 16 megapixels? Right. I mean, it's plenty. If I want to print uh, even just a small family album, is more than plenty. Yeah. Um, like, I'm not going to be hauling around with the D800 on my vacation, hauling all that weight. It's, that's just not enjoyable for myself. Right, right. Right. So, I mean, it's a, it's a workhorse with, with my full frames, but you know, I, I enjoy the convenience of a Micro Four Thirds. And, yeah. And the sad thing is that, um, my EM5 actually takes better video than my D800. So yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, that's kind of strange there. Don't know how to explain that, but I, I guess it's the image stabilization, uh, image stabilization that came along with the camera right. too. That helps a lot. So. Yeah. I mean, to, to be honest, video has never been Nikon's sort of yeah. strong suit, right? I mean, the D850 kind of changes that, I hope. Um, there's not much, a whole lot of reviews out yet, but right. hopefully that camera will change a lot, quite a quite a lot of stuff but uh just judging by reviews and stuff the autofocus is still not there uh for the d850 so right it is a full sensor readout which it's quite exciting so. yeah yeah and, and i mean you're seeing a lot of that uh, you know like sort of edge to edge stuff you're seeing that with you know sony and panasonic i mean they have like ridiculous numbers of focal points and all that kind of stuff which you know, it's good in one sense, but it's also bad in another. I mean, the biggest thing for me, and, I, and I'm most definitely a Canon shooter, uh, is that I have not made the move anywhere else. I've not gone to Sony or anything like that that have great low light performance 
because in what I do, concert photography, the autofocus for those systems is simply not there. So for myself, low light and focus is important. I mean, it's not going to work. And I think in a lot of cases, some of these cameras are not great sport shooters either. Um, Panasonic, you know, it's it's a micro fourth, you know, it's a four thirds camera. It's gonna, it might be able to do it. I myself think that micro four thirds is uh, kind of gimmicky. They claim it that it can do it so many uh, so many things, but. Um, Using contrast detection, you're still going to struggle under low light. You're right. not going to get the, uh, the, the yeah. amount of speed that a DSLR is going right. to give. And what they've done to compensate for, one thing that basically Panasonic has done well over the past few years, and we've seen it with the GH4 and the GH5 now, is video. Uh, a big part of their game is image stabilization, whether that's in-body or you know the lens. Uh, it's... That's a big part of their game, and that's part of the the G the G nine as well. They're claiming that it's got six and a half stops yeah, of image the, stabilization, the lens and which is combined. which is which is a fair bit of stabilization. Um, that being said, that you know, like I said, they had a, a short video where they were basically showing this uh, wildlife photographer going out and he was you know photographing elephants and monkeys and all that kind of stuff, and he was saying, well, even in low light you know conditions, he's like, I can you know basically slow down the shutter speed uh, to get better shots because of the in-body stabilization, which is fine as long if as your, your subject's, subject's not moving, not moving right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, again, like myself, it's like, great, I have six and a half stops in image stabilization, go to a concert, somebody's jumping all over the cake. It's, it's not going to work for no. me, right? I mean, so, I mean, the, the best thing for people to understand is understand what you're shooting, what your needs are, and if it's going to work, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it will probably work great with uh, video uh, vloggers. Camera's nice and small. It's nice. Yeah. It's, you're not going to be carrying around a DSLR to do uh, like self-vlogging and stuff. You're not going to be holding a DSLR up here. Yeah, but the Casey Neistats of the world do. You know? uh, I, I guess, but then I'm, I'm pretty sure they use some sort of a selfie stick or, or gimbal on it. Right, right. But it's, you know, still, like, I mean, there, there are people that, that basically use larger cameras to do it. I, I mean, can't see myself with my chicken arms doing yeah, it. <laughs> I mean, e even myself, I mean, I have, I have three DSLR cameras. Yeah. Um, occasionally, I will crack out the uh, Canon 70D to do vlogging. Uh, but it's more to shoot other things than myself or it's put it on a tripod and mm -hmm. and do it but you know most most of the time i actually use a canon g7x for all that kind of stuff so i mean it's uh it's it's interesting right yeah, i mean it's it's what suits your needs right yeah. i mean you know for me for vlogging it's i'd rather have a camera that's pocketable and all that kind of stuff and mm -hmm. i mean even when i have my full gear even when i have the uh you know you know the the Mark III out. It's it's. I'll pull out the G7X to vlog. I won't. I won't use the five. No, definitely. I don't know. Even for me myself, um, that's why I bought a Micro Four Thirds. I, I find that it's a happy medium compared to point and shoot. Yeah. Low light performance. I mean, it's not the best, but I mean, uh, for vlogging wise, it's still compact enough. But I still got the flexibility of changing lenses. Yeah. Uh, that's the big part which sold me. I can can I you know get away with um shooting with my cell phone or point and shoot. Yeah, definitely. I can even use a GoPro if I wanted to vlog. You know, it's, it's not a big deal, right? But yeah. um, just for me, myself, I, I prefer the um, the flexibility of changing lenses and, and such. And uh, for me, with the Micro Four Thirds, I'm not compromising too much on low light. So it still kind of gives me... Um, 
rough capability under low light it's not the best but i mean like i said i use it for personal stuff it's really not a big deal if i see noise yeah i mean it's, it's i'm not gonna be blowing it you know to become like a 24 by 36 see and, like and that. that's what a lot of people don't think about either and that's probably the biggest thing um i always tell people you should print your work uh, especially if you're, oh, you're a professional you should definitely yeah. print your work uh, and have prints out there but the vast majority of people this day and age never print their work, which is to me a little bit crazy because uh, hard drives fail, all that kind of stuff. You can lose imagery and stuff. And so you want you want kind of like, you know, a hard copy backup it may seem a little strange. You do want to have those prints for people to see it as you mean it to be seen. I, I don't mean it to be seen as a little Instagram shot. I'd rather have a much you know larger format for people to see. And if you see, ever see my portfolio, I mean, it's it's massive. Well, the problem with online portfolio is that our monitors are tuned or calibrated. Yeah. Not everybody's monitors are calibrated. Um, even if from phone to phone, from TV to monitor to to um, even just a computer monitor, I mean, everybody sees different uh, colors differently. And yeah. if their monitors are not tuned, that affects your portfolio yeah. as well. That's where prints comes in handy because that's your vision and that's the way it is. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter where you view it, you know. Yeah. And there's a big difference with brightness too when you've got, you know, backlit LEDs and all that yeah. kind of stuff yeah. versus, you know, some other monitors. You know, it's the color is definitely different. I noticed with the the new Apple when I switched that uh, my 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 uh my tones were a bit off but that was just because i was getting used to a brighter monitor so i mean uh once i figured that out i was i was sort of back to normal but uh, a lot of people like i said you know when when they're looking at these things you know you're never if you're never going to blow your work up to that kind of size like poster size and all that st kind of stuff sometimes getting the bigger cameras like you know you know, a Canon 1DX or whatever the yeah. case may be, or, you know, even a 5D Mark IV or a full frame camera, it might not be, you might not need it, yeah. you know, well, essentially what it comes down to. You know, 50 megapixels, you know, 45 now with the Nikon. Yeah. I mean, it's, for me, it's overkill. Yeah. I remember when, when I first got the D800, I mean, my God, it blew my mind, but it's an overkill. I yeah. ended up spending more money on external hard drives. Yeah. And, uh, and all the backups and stuff. I mean, I had to upgrade my computer at the time just to handle the files. Um, is it worth it? If, it, if it's all just going to be online or even if you're doing albums and stuff, I mean, you're not going to be blowing up like super big. No, no. I mean, most of those pixels goes to waste anyways. But I mean, I saw the point at the time where you can kind of sort of crop in, you know, after the fact, you know, it's kind of nice. But, you know, 30, 36 megapixels is more than enough. But then right. now you have all these cameras going up to 50. Even um, Phase 1 has a 100 megapixel back now. On right. And, and I mean, you know, shooting like even myself going to a medium format camera is, is pretty much useless unless I'm doing large print magazines all the yeah. time or, you know, advertising or catalog or whatever fashion and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it makes absolutely zero sense. You but know? at that time, you're not even editing the photos yourself. You're just passing on the file pretty yeah. much. I mean, there's... Um, yeah, like you said, unless you're in the fashion industry where, where you actually absolutely need those big, huge files um, to yeah. have professional editors go in and edit the photos, it's an overkill. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, I mean, it's nice to have some wiggle room to crop and stuff like that. But I mean, most like my speaking for myself, I don't shoot to crop. I shoot to capture. No, no nobody, nobody wants to shoot to crop. I yeah. mean, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but there is nice. people that do. Yeah. There's people that, uh, that I know. Um, 
you know, I, I know one photographer, I'm not going to name any names here. And if they're watching, I apologize. Cause <laughs> I'm going to say something that you probably don't want to hear back, but you know, like they'll say things like, Oh, you know, I have to, I have to crop all of my images cause I'm horrible at getting the horizon line straight. Like, I mean, it's just, if that's your habit, I would work on fixing your habit versus, yeah. you know, going to a larger format so you can just kind of, you know, well, a lot of that. these cameras offer levels these days. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not hard to line up your horizon. Um, you know, cropping after the fact, you know, for me, just a slight crop, maybe a slight tilt to the photo yeah, might yeah. add a little bit of um, artistic side yeah. to the photo. But um, I, I don't crop a whole lot. I mean, yeah. why buy a 36 megapixel camera when, not, when you're not going to be utilizing the whole, all six, 36 megapixels, yeah. right? Like if you shoot the crop, if you, it, it's just a total waste. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to be there, you know, just, just so that you have something to fall back on just a little bit. But I wouldn't crop the heck out of my photos. Yeah, no. I mean, it defeats the whole purpose. It's like buying a D800 and, and shooting it in crop mode. Why'd you buy a D800? Yeah. I mean, it, it's nice to have it there, but I wouldn't. Yeah. But even still, like I said, um, it's, it's just not practical. And it all depends on your workflow too. Like yourself, I know, I understand that you know, you do a lot of photo um, event photography yeah. and it, it's pump and go, pump and go. With 36 megapixels, 50 megapixels, it's just not convenient for you because now it slows down your workflow. Yeah, right. I mean, it's it's slow enough in in a sense as is. Yeah. I mean, um, it's not. It, it's funny. Uh, I had a conversation actually the other day um, about uh, with Jen Hall. I was at the the Media Lab there, and they're giving feedback, and she did a video on uh, work to publish, and it was kind of an interesting concept for me because it was uh, a lot of people. We, we, how I sort of see it is a lot of people are, are, are producing stuff, but they're not publishing on a regular basis. Like there's no end, right? So a lot of times they're not publishing because there's no deadline. There's no, if I don't publish this, I don't get paid. If I don't do this, you know, all at the end of the day, right? So, I mean, it's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, people are sort of not necessarily producing with any end goal in mean other than, you know, self-satisfaction or, you know, personal work or all that kind of stuff. So... I mean, publication, you got to be careful with all that too, right? A lot of, a lot of magazines or so-called magazines out there that they're looking for free work. I mean, well, it, it progressively gets worse and worse. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's changed a lot. Um, a lot of people are, you know, they're just kind of scraping by in a lot of things. A lot of, you know, ends of photography are kind of taking a dive. I mean, even in my own work, I see, you know, it's, uh, it doesn't hold the value that it once you know, once did like, I mean, used to be action sports magazines and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, you go to a magazine stand and they would be full of these things. Same with rock. Like, I mean, you go Rolling Stone, Hammer, all these kind of guys, and they would all be there. And even, you know, even small newspapers like Beetroot and Fast Forward, you know, eventually they disappear. I mean, we still got Beetroot, but Fast Forward became a thing of the past. And uh, a lot of those guys, you know, as they sort of in their decline, you know, they're looking for more and more free work, which, you know, it, it's not self-sustainable. Uh, which is interesting because, I mean, the truth of the matter is the internet as a whole consumes so much, yeah. right? And, and it needs stuff to consume. So if people aren't producing, you've got yourself a whole sort of whack of problems there, right? Well, technology, you know, like what says your photos any different compared to a guy shooting on a cell phone? Yeah. Right? That, that's... There's that's, a huge difference. Yeah, right? but <laughs> we, we know there's a huge difference. But for an average viewer, they, they can't yeah. tell the difference. Yeah. Like I, I shot quite a few weddings. I mean, 
I shot with D800 at times, and I shot at a D750, you know, 26 compared to, oh, to, sorry, 24 compared to 36 megapixels. I show it to my client. They can't tell the difference, yeah. especially on prints. I mean, by the time it's, it's all printed, they can't tell the difference. Even if I shoot with a, a 16 megapixel camera, they can't tell the difference. No, no, and that's right. and that's back to my original point is that, yeah. you, you know, know what you're shooting for and realize that, you know, you know, for certain things, certain cameras will make a difference. Like if you're going to shoot the NFL tomorrow, you are probably not going to want to, you know, grab, a, you know, a Canon Rebel and, and try to attempt yeah. to do that, right? <laughs> this is probably not going to end as well as it should. Uh, you know, on, on the other end of things, if, you know, you get a, a DX, you, you'll be perfectly fine. You'll be, you know, you, you'll be you'll be right in there. But I mean, you know, you have to be honest with yourself. A lot of times when you're buying a camera, sort of, like I said, that gear lust, you know, you want the latest, greatest thing. Are you going to well, use it to its capacity, right? For myself, it's not really a, the, the latest and greatest. For me, it's just kind of sort of future-proofing myself. Because yeah. when I look at my lineup right now, nothing supports 4K. So I know somewhere down the line, I'm going to have to buy at least one camera that supports 4K. Yeah. I mean, right now with the prices and all, I don't see myself hopping yeah. in. If I do need it, I'll probably rent it. Yeah. But when it comes to more available to the mass market at a, a more affordable price, uh, just sooner, it's just a matter of time that yeah. I actually invest in one. So. And the advancements aren't as far as going as far as they go. Like if we take a look at the, the new Sony, for example, right? They are using the exact same sensor as they did in their last, you know, AR uh, camera. So the AR2 and the AR3 have the exact same sensor. So it's kind of improved the back end of things. Yeah, they, they you know, they, they said they tweaked some, you know, things to, to get more performance out of it. Now, I don't know what that entails because if it's the same sensor and the shutter opens and all that kind of stuff, it has to definitely be a, sort of on the software end of things, which makes you wonder if they could not have achieved that with something like, well, the hardware side of things, if you look at the processors and stuff, uh, that's make quite a bit of difference yeah. too, right? So um, it's all too scientific for myself, but, you know, due to the heat, yeah. you know, that's producing the circuit boards and stuff, that all can um, affect the performance of the sensor as well. That's to my and knowledge. Sony's have never been known for that. <laughs> so that's, that's why if you actually look at a camera like a D810 compared to, to, to the... Um, the Sony's why why the D810 can produce a lot more cleaner images compared to to the Sony's uh, is because of all of the back end work. Um, yeah, don't know what's happening in there. To me, it's just a big huge magic box. But you know, it, there there is slight differences depending on the hardware that you use. Yeah, uh, definitely affects it. So, yeah, I mean that's where you have the inc like small little incremental improvements, right? Right. Compared to D800, D8. Um, D800E, the D810, um, you know, it's, it's all slight improvements. Yeah. Um, it's nothing to brag home about, you know, like, are you going to notice half a stop of low light performance? No. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's, it's, and that's exactly it. Sometimes it's half stop, sometimes it's a full stop. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's a half stop, a dynamic range. It, it all depends. Like you said, they're incremental sort of increases. So, I mean, when people have gear lust, a lot of times they'll just like every new thing, they'll get a new body and it, it just kind of goes like that. It's it's not the way to go. I mean, I would, I would always recommend that people invest their money in lenses before Definitely. they ever do in bodies Definitely. because bodies will change um, and... You know, it, it's not going to make a huge difference. A lot of people ask me, like, why I have an upgrade to the, you know, 5D Mark IV. Well, one reason is because Canon hasn't sent me one. So if they send me one, I'll use it. But <laughs> the other part is, is that I don't think it will make that much of a difference in my work. Yeah. Um, 
to sort of sort of justify it. You know, the, the time that I will switch is when I when I switch to the 4K video, which I don't have in any of my cameras currently. So mm -hmm. again, like you said, at some point you have to make that jump in the video. You know, and and that's that's where I will probably make mine. But I, I won't switch systems. I won't do anything like that. I mean, you know, Panasonic, you know, is producing some great video stuff. Sony's doing great video as well. They're mm -hmm. doing some great stills as well. But like I said, all these new cameras, um, you know, with the exception of the Nikon, the, the, where where they sort of lack for me is is the autofocus systems. Um, well, Canon has uh, the the dual pixel, right? I mean, yeah. that works great. I, I've been hearing rave um, yeah. reviews on it. Um, I don't know, but it's just it all depends on your needs and what what your shooting type is, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, the Nikon D eight fifty is it a great camera? Definitely, is it yeah. a, a really good all around camera? I mean, if you actually think about it, the D eight fifty is killing the D five. Yeah. Um, you know, if you put on a grip, you have nine frames per second. That's more than plenty for sports. Yeah. Right, you pop that into crop mode, you get 20 megapixels. That kills off a D D500. I mean, if you're actually shooting professionally, day day in day out, every weekend on a wedding, I can see why somebody would jump on it. Yeah. Um, but because for myself, I've slowed down the past, you know, the past two years or so, I slowed down big time on my photography. I, I can't justify um, purchasing that. You know, yeah. is it a great camera? Great. You know, yeah, it is. Yeah. Do I have gear less? Definitely. Yeah. But I, I can't justify spending that amount on yeah. it if I'm not going to be um, using it as a uh, to its full yeah. potential. Right? I mean, so if you're a full functioning business and you and you're working all the time and you know you got money coming in all the time, yeah, you know, it's you want to buy? Can you buy yeah. stuff like that? Yeah, you'll probably go through bodies more than anybody else. It's more because you probably burn cameras out than, yeah, than anything else. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's it's not you know there there should be no rush. Like I mean, if you are an amateur, if you are just getting into it, I mean. Buy buy the camera that you could afford, you know. Don't you know push it too too far necessarily. Keep the, keep in mind that you know when you're buying lenses that you you're gonna probably stay in a system. Like I mean, I'm married to Canon now because I have so many lenses that are cam yeah. Canon that I would have to spend thousands of dollars to to make a switch, and I'm not really willing to do that, right? Yeah. Um, you know. Well, that's what prevented me from the from jumping to Sony right from the beginning is is the glass. Yeah. I mean, for me to get Nikon glass, um, sell it at what maybe half the price, yeah, and then purchase Sony at full price. That's a hard yeah. hit. I don't care which system you're coming from. If you're coming from Canon or or, or Nikon, for, yeah. or even from Sony back to Canon or Nikon, yeah. that's a huge profit loss yeah. I mean, uh, or investment loss just to switch systems. I mean, do you do I had need at the time? No, no. Right, even today, I still don't see the time and. Uh, the, the reason to switch um, one thing being is that from me using micro four thirds that's a small thinky little camera you know yeah. I went down to the camera store and stuff I tested out the Sony's the size wise it's, it's not a whole lot different compared to micro four thirds if you actually pick yeah. up a GH5 and stuff that's a small camera yeah. you mount it even just a 70 to 200 on it now you got balancing issues yeah, yeah. I mean for me uh, I use um, SLRs for so long that you know I'm I'm comfortable with the balance between the body. I mean, yeah, the, is the body huge? Of course, but it helps balance out the lenses. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. If you're a sports shooter, I, I can't imagine you going to Sony. Yeah. You got this big, huge, what, 400 millimeter with a small little mirrorless camera. It's not going to be a fun day. No, <laughs> no. So that's that's my reason not going to Sony because yeah. I'm more of a um, 
photography side of things. I'm, I'm not into video. Yeah. So yeah. uh, I do see the advantage of it. You know, if you're if you're a wedding shooter, you need you need to do both videography yeah. and photography. It might yeah. work out. For the you. moment that that Sony gets their autofocus figured out is probably the time that you probably see me pick up a body and start, you know, having a secondary camera. But mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, it'll be a slow transition. If, you know, I, I fully transition, I doubt it. You know, um, that's, you know, that's just sort of the way, way that is. Like I said, once you become invested in something, it's, you know, well, it's, it's not going to change too fast. I don't own, I don't own any Sony at this point, but, you know, judging by their, their professional service, it's it's not quite on par with yeah. Canon and Nikon yet. No, no, not um, at all. Not at I all. I can send my camera out and I'll have it yeah. back within a week yeah. with with Nikon. I mean it's yeah. with Sony you you could be waiting up to a month. Uh, yeah. You know, a downtown camera that means you're not making money. Yeah, exactly. And, and Sony doesn't seem to get that. Yeah. So Which is not good. But that's all we have time for this week. Thanks for tuning in. I'm JD. I'm David. See ya. Until next time.